Allow my vulva, my sweetheart. Brown chicken, brown, brown. Oh, hey, oh, it's the Murray Scripture Podcast. Welcome back. We are on episode 16, which is the Samson Cycle. So I have to say that uh, me reading the Northern Book of Judges was like clicking along pretty good until I got to the Samson cycle and the the Samson cycle was just a bitch. It just did not want to give up its secrets. Uh, You know, usually I can mirror read something just like I can get an idea what's going on just from the text itself. But with the Samson cycle, I had to, I had to look at some outside, uh, some outside information, some background information, historical information, uh, to really unwind this, uh, what this thing was about. And it actually made me rethink my uh, mirror reading methodology because of the way that the information was structured and um, how I presented it, I just didn't feel like it was getting across what it needed, it, what I wanted it to get across. Uh, so, uh, you know, I may... I, I may tweak my methodology because of that. So probably in the next round, I may do have a little bit of a different approach. And usually, you know, when I when I uh, construct the opposing narrative, like not really, like I'm not really that interested in actually seeing what the actual narrative was. But this was this was different. I was like, I'm really curious to see what the counter narrative or really counter story. That was another thing that was different about this is that the other counter narratives were much more argumentative, uh, much more structured, like an argument. Whereas this is really, this is like a story. This is a, uh, like a mythology narrative. And so it just seems really fascinating. It's not, um, uh, and here is not just responding to like, argument points he is like overhauling a major narrative story and so that that's made me really curious i like it would be really cool if if they found a copy of this of this story the original uh samson or the the counter counter the opposing narrative samson and seeing what that story was all about because there's a lot of details here that i just don't i just don't know i i can only piece together like the basic structure of what it was all right so before i get into it here let me go over the uh, basic rules for those who might be new new listeners uh, mirror reading is a method of reconstructing the situations that the biblical authors were responding to. This is done by reflecting some of the text. Like when I say Samson was gay, that that is what the opposing narrative, narrative was saying, and the biblical narrative is actually arguing against that. Sorry, LGBTQ people. Be sure to check out the corresponding blog post for this episode so you can see how I come up with all these crazy ideas. There is a link to it in the show notes. I believe that there were multiple authors of the Book of Judges, and the Northern Book of Judges is one of those authors, which I will be referring to as N. That's N as in Northern. If you haven't already, please listen to the introduction of this series, as it will go over the primary themes of the Northern Book of Judges, of which I will be commenting on in today's episode. All right, so with that being said, let's get into it. Samson is the longest uh, cycle in the Northern Book of Judges. 
and some of the differences that uh, are added in later by other um, authors and redactors. Uh, one is that in N's narrative, Samson is not a Nazarite, and he is also not considered a judge. So those are kind of two biggies there that are that are added later, I think, by the Yahwist. And then the other uh, part is there's a episode in the narrative where the men of Judah give up Samson to the Philistines. And so that is missing in the end narrative as well. So the uh, primary concerns for the Samson cycle is that it was concerned with gutting the Samson narrative of any astrological meaning and making him an Israelite hero to inspire the Israelites against their enemies, the Philistines. And as usual, uh, also concerned with uh, saying that Yahweh uh, was the God of Israel and that Yahweh was a strong God of war. And let me go over the causal connections just briefly. So Samson was strong because he was a demigod of uh, a sun deity. So there's going to be lots of astrological language in this narrative. And again, the mistake that when, when people do, uh, first of all, most people don't even see this language in there. But when they do see the language, they assume that that is what the author is trying to say, that he's... Uh, that N is basically trying to say that Samson is has something to do with the sun deity and all the uh, astrological language, but that is just the opposite case. It is very similar to the sexual language that we saw in the uh, Deborah, Barak, and Jael narrative, uh, the sexual language, language in there where... Um, the opposing narrative was was saying sexual things about uh, Jael, Jael, but... And is just using that same language to to make it a literal meaning instead of the uh, sexual euphemisms. And so the same thing here. The opposing narrative did have astrological uh, meaning to it, but N is taking that same language and spinning that around and um, mixing that up, really. So providing alternative explanations so that Samson is not, is not uh, associated with uh, a sun deity or anything like that. Because Anne wants Samson to be a uh, man of Yahweh, a hero of Israel, and so he has uh, had to make a few changes there. So this mirror reading is, is a little more speculative uh, just because there's a lot of details that I don't have in there. But at the same time, there's some pretty strong uh, causal connections. You can, uh, I'm not going to go th- through them in detail on the ep- podcast episode, but if you want to look at the corresponding blog post, you can read how, how the causal connections uh, tie all the mirror reading, all the mirrored and echo text together. And at the same time, I think it is one of the most fascinating cycles. It really, it's really interesting. I really it was pretty. It was pretty fun mirroring this, even though it was difficult at times. Uh, once I got some breakthroughs, it was it was just fascinating. And let me just go over one of the other causal connections uh, briefly. Is, is that uh, Samson was uh, a homosexual? The opposing narrative was saying that Samson was a homosexual. And the first clue that I got to this was that the biblical narrative was saying, uh, was saying, was putting words in the mouth of women, saying, saying that Samson didn't love them. And so, why wouldn't Samson love women? And the obvious answer was, well, he's homosexual. And at first, I was like, well, that's just that's that's too obvious. It's obviously me reading my culture, cultural. Uh, 
uh, surroundings into the text. It, I mean, this is must be eisegesis at, at its finest, but um, but the evidence uh, kept accumulating. You know, he didn't love women. He didn't have a wife. There were men in his inner chamber. Uh, Samson mocked women and told them lies. Samson stood between the pillars. I'll explain that later. Uh, Samson held a man by the hand. It's a little more speculative. And Samson ground at the mill. And I will also explain that later. All right. So with all that said, let me let me get into the text. So this would probably be a longer a longer episode because this is the longest cycle in the, in in the narrative in the end end narrative. So this starts at Judges 13, verse 2. There was a certain man of Zorah of, of the tribe of Danites. All right, so first, right off the bat, Anna's going to be trying to make Samson uh, a man of Israel. And he was put into the tribe of the Danites because the Danites were... Uh, very close to the Philistines, who is ends one of ends bitter enemies. So this is going to work out really well uh, because ends going to make Samson a Israelite, and Samson's uh, becomes the Philistines' worst nightmare. So this also touches on who was Samson, Samson's father, and uh, this is. This is very so. This sets up the idea that Samson is the son uh, of a human woman and a sun deity, and we see this all a very type of similar thing with uh, Heracles, uh, the Greek myth, and then later the Roman uh, Hercules, who you're probably all familiar with. They are very similar to Samson in that regard. They also uh, get thirsty and drink water out of, uh, of, out of a rock. They tear down city gates. Uh, they're both uh, betrayed by a woman, and they take their own lives. So, so Anne has an interest here in making Samson's father just a, just a regular Joe, just a regular human guy, no deity involved in the birth of Samson. Uh, well, other than Yahweh, but it's not a sexual union between Yahweh and this and uh, the, a female, and it's not a uh, sexual union between the sun deity and a female, and so N is really trying to push away from from that type of scenario. Even his uh, the uh, he describes his his father as a certain man, and that is that phrase is just has that's kind of the average guy phrase. In fact, Samson uses that same phrase. Uh, later on to describe himself, he says so he'd be a certain man if he lost uh, all his strength. He would just be a regular guy then. And so most commentators pick up on this and they really bash, they bash uh, Samson's father, Manoah is his name, and um, uh, they think they just think it's a reflection of the author on, on Manoah's character. And it's not really about Manoah's character. It's about uh, Manoah just being a regular guy because uh, and doesn't want Samson's father to be a sun deity. All right, so uh, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. So I'm not, I'm not sure here if N is uh, splicing Samson into an Israelite line, uh, whose whose uh, whose name name was Manoah, or if Manoah was actually the name of the sun deity uh, in the opposing narrative. I'm guessing it was an Israelite name. Uh, just because it would make more sense that way. Uh, his wife was barren, ha- barren, having no, having borne no children. So this is 
this is N trying trying to set it up in a way so that it's not a rendezvous, a sexual rendezvous between a human woman and a and a sun deity. And so the whole reason why uh, Manoah's wife is going to get pregnant is that because she was barren, and so Yahweh is going to help with that situation, and so that she can have children. And again, this is this could be uh, supporting the idea that Yahweh is a strong fertility god. And the angel of Yahweh appeared to the woman. And so this language is very, or this whole situation is similar to uh, what happens in mythic stories when a when a deity encounters a human woman and, get, and, and gets her pregnant. See, she's alone and he just kind of appears and gets her pregnant. But this is not going to be what Anne is going to be pushing. And said to her, although you are barren, Having borne no children, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now be careful not to drink wine or strong drink or to eat anything unclean. So the, the woman ran quickly and told her husband. All right, so the drink wine, avoiding wine and strong drink and everything, uh, that will later be associated with the, the Nazarite, whole Nazarite thing. But that is not in the end cycle, in the end narrative. And the woman, the woman running quickly and telling her husband, that is also... Uh, pushing against the sun deity, getting her pregnant narrative. She's making her husband fully aware of what has happened and uh, doesn't seem to have any shame about that or anything. Uh, Manoah got up and followed his wife and came to the man and said, are you the man who spoke to this woman? See, no, no sex involved here. There's only talking that was involved. And he said, I am. Then Manoah said, now, when your words come true, what is it? What is to be the boy's rule of life that he is to do? The, the angel of Yahweh said to Manoah, Let the woman give heed to all that I said to her. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine. She is not to drink wine or strong drink or eat anything unclean, un, any unclean thing. She is to observe everything that I commanded her. All right, so this uh, indicates that in the opposing narr narrative that there was something that uh, Samson was to do. I think it is related to something astrological. I think it is uh, moving through the something to do with moving through the constellations. So Samson in the opposing narrative, Samson was uh, uh, the offspring of uh, Sun Deity, and so symbolically, there's going to be this whole idea of Samson as the sun. And each episode he goes through is a different constellation uh, in the stars. And so there's a lot of speculation out there about this and which what episodes represent what constellations. But two of the most obvious ones are uh, Leo and Virgo, which uh, I'll get into later. And so Manoah asks... Uh, or, or the the angel of Yahweh's response doesn't really answer Manoah's question. It's it's avoiding the question really. It's it's putting that on Manoah's wife. So she she is the one that has to do something. Samson is free to do whatever he wants. He doesn't have any restrictions. Manoah said to the angel of Yahweh, "Allow us to detain you and prepare a kid for you." So kid is a goat. Uh, the angel of Yahweh said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat, eat your food, but if you want to prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to Yahweh. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of Yahweh. All right, so this is really pushing against the idea that there's a sun deity involved and in getting uh, this woman pregnant. 
And it's really all Yahweh. Everything's to do with Yahweh. And so sun deity doesn't have anything to do with this at all, according to N. Then Manoah said to the, to the angel of Yahweh, What is your name? So that we may honor you when your words come true. But the angel of Yahweh said to him, Why do you ask my name? It is too wonderful. So this is N explaining the whole reason. Well, well, we, you know, people, the opposing narrative is saying, well, we, we never heard of Yahweh in this story before. Well, you're inserting that name in there. Yahweh never had anything to do with this story. And, and is saying, well, he just, you know, it was too wonderful. That's why he didn't say his name. That's why the Yahweh is not in the uh, narrative. So Manoah took the, the kid with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to Yahweh, to him who works wonders. When the flame went upward, when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of Yahweh ascended in the flame of the altar. Uh, so this is uh, one of the first instances in this narrative uh, having to do with fire and burning, obviously related to the sun. And so this is N's alternative explanation. Uh, you know, this, the sun deity did not ascend in, in fire. It was the uh, angel of Yahweh. Uh, and I, sh- I should add, the this whole narrative is set near the, the general uh, vicinity of Beth Shemesh, uh, a village whose name means Temple of the Sun. So that just is another tie to the whole sun deity thing. While Manoah and his wife looked on, and they fell on their faces to the ground, the, the angel of Yahweh did not appear again to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah realized that it was the angel of Yahweh. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen Elohim. Alright, so this is uh, this is N injecting Yahweh into the narrative, saying that uh, uh, Yahweh was the Elohim of Israel, the God of Israel. And this is also addressing one of the criticisms of the opposing narrative, uh, which was saying, hey, if it was Yahweh, uh, why didn't they die? Because you can't see Yahweh and, and live. And so this is N's expl- explanation for that. But his wife said to him, if Yahweh had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands or shown us all these things or now, or now announced to us such things as these. So again, N's explanation for why they lived. The woman bore a son and named him Samson. All right, so the name Samson means uh, it's like little son. Okay, so it's another son tie-in. The boy grew and the and Yahweh blessed him. The spirit of Yahweh began to stir him, stir him in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtaol. Uh, so, okay, so again, this is this is Yahweh. Uh, injected into the story, and this is this is end saying the Samson's strength is going to be derived from Yahweh, not from Sun Deity, not from Samson himself. It's everything has to do with Yahweh. Once Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw a Philistine woman. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw a Philistine woman at Timnah. Now go, now get her for me as my wife. All right, so this is just starting to touch on a, a couple of different things. One, that Samson is a homosexual in the opposing narrative. And also that uh, this is this is, this is is Virgo. This is the, the virgin of the Zodiac that Samson uh, is encountering here. Uh, and I should mention, uh, you know, we don't we don't know what the zodiac, the opposing narrative, was referring to at that time. It's it's, it's not necessarily 
what is it, Greek, the Greek zodiac that we use today, and those names and everything that we associate with that could be be different. But at the same time, a lot of these uh, zodiacs were very similar in nature, and so the zodi the zodiac that we know today could have been very similar to the zodiac that was in the opposing narrative. Uh, and so in the opposing narrative, I think the, uh, the, in that narrative, it had Samson moving through the constellations in the order of, that they were in in the zodiac. This is not necessarily true in N's narrative. He's not concerned about astrology, and so Samson may not be moving uh, through uh, the zodiac in the order that they are. Um, Although you know Leo and Virgo are in are in order, he uh, you know he he we're going to see here in a little bit. He kills the lion and then he he goes to marry the the virgin. But that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And could just be taking this astrological soup mix and pouring it into a, a mold that supports his uh, political agenda. And so with the homosexual side of things, this is, he's, he's, he saw a woman and he's interested in her and he wants her as a wife. So this is very, uh, this is very different than the typical teachings that you would hear on this. This is uh, Samson seeing a woman that he wants to hook up with. Well, this is just an indication of, of Samson's just, uh, you know, a, a, just a horny a-hole and you know, just a terrible person. It's a, it's a reflection on his character. And again, N is not concerned about uh, Samson's character in this regard, at least. Then Samson went down to Timnah. So Timnah, just to mention that it's, um, it's just like, it's just south of, of Dan. And there's like a valley that, that runs between Dan and uh, Philistine territory. And uh, it's just on the other side of that valley, I think. When he came to the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion roared at him. So here's here's the Leo uh, constellation. The spirit of Yahweh rushed on him, and he, and he tore the lion apart barehanded, as one might tear apart a kid. Again, kid is a goat. And again, uh, Samson's strength is derived only from Yahweh. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Uh, so this is this is going to tie in later when when uh, they figure out Samson's riddle, and uh, his 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 father and mother couldn't have told them because they didn't know. After a while, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. So there is a um, like a beehive constellation. So it could have something to do with that here. Uh, he scraped he scraped it out. In, into his hands and went on eating as he went when he came to his father and mother he he gave he gave some to them and they ate it but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion all right so n is sure to weave uh n's father into the narrative just a regular human guy he's not up in the heaven somewhere as a sun deity his father went down to the woman and samson made a feast there as the young young men were accustomed to. When the people saw saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. So this is a little unusual. Uh, usually the wedding is at the house of the groom, and it seems to be at the house of the bride here, and the companions are, are companions, are friends of the bride's family. Um, 
But there is some Arabic traditions that has this type of thing. So it's not completely out of the question, but uh, this is going to make things suspicious. This whole narrative here is a little bit suspicious because of that. And um, so I'll get into that a little bit more later. Samson said to them, let me now put a riddle to you. If you can explain it to me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 festal garments. All right, so getting into this whole wedding thing here, I think the opposing narrative was uh, was trying to get Samson to marry a woman, and Samson didn't want to because he's homosexual. And so this wager uh, makes more sense if Samson was trying not to get married, uh, because it would uh, the the groom and the groom's family. It gives the guests the, they're responsible for giving the guests the, their garments for the wedding. And so if this riddle is put at the wedding, they already have their garments. So this riddle is a little out of place, but and is, is trying to spin that riddle and putting it in a different context so that it looks like Samson did get married. And so he, therefore he's not a homosexual. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 festal garments. So they said to him, ask your riddle, let us hear it. He said to them, out of the eater came something to eat, out of the strong came something sweet. All right, so I also think that this uh, riddle is out of place. Uh, I think it was originally sexual sexual in nature, and I'm just gonna read this quote from, uh, this is from a book called uh, Samson, A Secret Betrayed, A Vow Ignored by James Crenshaw. And it says, on another level, the riddle suggests copulation. Such erotic thoughts naturally accompanied wedding festivities and consequently posed the biggest snare for the Philistines. A veiled allusion to the sex act. The riddle uses the ciphers eater and strong one for the groom. Similarly, food and sweetness signify semen, which is sweet to the bride who quote unquote eats the sperm. From man proceeds sperm, which nourish woman. From a strong man goes semen that is pleasant to a wife. And so I'm going to suggest that the situation in the imposing narrative was that Samson's uh, wife-to-be was unfaithful with one of the wedding uh, guests. And so he's posing this riddle to expose the infidelity. And then that way he can get out of getting married to this woman, which he doesn't want to because he's gay. But for three days, they could not explain the riddle. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband to explain the riddle to us or we will burn you in your father's house with fire. And so in the posing narrative, this is what, this is what Samson did. He is, uh, you know, he's associated with the sun deity. And so he's gonna be burning uh, burning things, uh, specifically with his eyes, which I'll get into later. But N is going to shift the blame for that over to the Philistines because the Philistines are the enemy of the Israelites. And so uh, N is very motivated to put the blame on them. So he shifts uh, the from Samson burning the uh, wife-to-be uh, because she was unfaithful and this would also get him out from having to marry her. And he will shift that blame over to the Philistines who will uh, burn them. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? So Samson's wife wept before him saying, you hate me, you do not really love me. All right, so this is this is 
Anne's response to people saying that Samson didn't love women. And Anne is saying, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it only seemed like the, that he didn't love women. He just, he was just, that's what his wife-to-be was saying because she, she thought that he didn't love her. But that was really not the case because he, he ended up telling her the riddle. And so that really, that proves that he, he loved her. You have asked a riddle of my people, but you have not explained it to me. He said to her, Look, I have not told my father or my mother. Why should I tell you? She wept before him this, this seven days that the feast lasted, and because she nagged him on, on the seventh day, he told her. Then she explained the riddle to her people. Oh, that bitch. Uh, the men of the town said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down. And notice the sun language there. What is what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. Uh, which is, that is right. That's, um, that's another odd thing about this riddle is that they would no way have been able to guess what this says. There's, um, so this might be N's attempt to take this this uh, honey honey constellation and this line constellation and mix them together into a new narrative spin that has nothing to do with astrology and nothing to do with the sun deity. And then Samson's response, uh, heifer is a virgin uh, cow. So again, it has the, the Virgo association with it. But I think the original and the opposing narrative, I think that this is has to do with sex. Uh, I think someone plowed <laughs> plowed Samson's wife to be and so this is him he exposing it and so this type of uh, metaphor is not uh, unusual in the ancient Mesopotamian world uh, in an ancient letter uh, I'm just going to read a quote again from the uh, Samson a secret betrayed about ignored book and it says as for me my vulva is a hillock Hillock is like a mound for me. I, the maid, who will be its plower? My vulva is wet ground for me. I, the queen, who will station there the ox? Lady, the king will plow it for you. Uh, Demuzi, the king will plow it for you. Plow my vulva, my sweetheart. Brown, chicka, brown, brown. So a lot of sexual uh, language going on there. And so we see this in... Samson's answer to our response to them figuring out his riddle. Then the spirit of, Ra of Yahweh rushed on him, again uh, deriving Samson's strength from Yahweh, and he went down to Eshkelon, which is a Philistine st uh, city. He killed 30 men of the town, took their spoil, and gave the festal garments to, the, to those who had explained the riddle, who already had festal garments. See, I mean, it just makes no sense. In hot anger, he went back to his father's house. So again, that earthly father is still around. And Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. All right, so see here, here is N saying, yeah, well, he got married. Samson got married. It's just, you know, this whole mix up thing. Samson got upset. And so Samson's wife, you know, it was his wife. It was given to his best man. Which is just a whole odd thing anyways. After a while, at the time of the wheat harvest, 
Um, this is this is probably ties into the uh, astrology thing, where the sun, the equinox, uh, sun equinox is associated with different uh, times of the season, and so wheat harvest was one of those times. Samson went to visit his wife. Notice it's it's his wife. Uh, Samson got married. He's not a homosexual, according to Anne. Bringing along a kid, he said, "I want to go into my wife's r- room." It's a very uh, polite way of putting it. It's more uh, sexual in the uh, Hebrew. But her father would not allow him to go in. Her father said, I was sure that you had rejected her, so I gave her to your companion. Is it not her? Or is not her younger sister prettier than she? Why not take her instead? Samson said to them, This time when I do mischief to the Philistines, I will be without blame. All right, so this is... um, Another concern of N is that Samson in the opposing narrative is uh, uh, kind of an asshole. He does he's he's violent uh, for for no good reason, and so N is making sure that he has good reason to be violent, and a good reason to be violent is to uh, kill the uh, Philistines, and he's he can kill the Philistines because they they screwed him over on his wife because he's not homosexual and he was married, so it was his wife according to N. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took some torches and he turned the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. So this uh, this has some astrological symbolism here as well. Uh, there is uh, some fox, I think there, it's, an, in the wolf, it's a wolf constellation that has similar to this, has to do with fire. But the strongest tie-in here, it, I think, is to uh, PCs, PCs, I think is how you say it. <laughs> See, I'm not up on my astrology here. But um, in, in that sign of the zodiac, uh, there's two fish, and, and the, the, the story of those two, two fish, their tails were tied together. So obviously, uh, these were foxes in the Samson narrative, but uh, they both zodiacs could have been drawing from a common source that had uh, tails uh, tied together. When he set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up the shocks and the standing grain as well as vineyards and olive olive groves. Olive groves. Uh, so again, this is Samson burning things, but he's it's he's I think N is shifting it away from Samson because I think in the opposing narrative, Samson burned the uh, crops with his his eyes, which I'll explain more of that later. But this is this is the blame is going to be put on the foxes, and then also it's going to be justified because it was the the crops of the Philistines, so it was okay to burn them. Then the Philistines asked, "Who has done this?" And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the of the Timnite. So son-in-law, he's definitely married, not a homosexual, according to Anne, because he has taken Samson's wife. It was his wife, not a homosexual, according to Anne, and given her to his companion. So the Philistines came came up and burned her and her father. Again, shifting the blame from Samson, burning the 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 virgin. Uh, shifting that over to the Philistines. Samson said to them, If this is what you do, I swear I will not stop until I have taken revenge on you. So again, justifying Samson's violent actions. Then he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached down and took it, and with it he killed a thousand men. So this jawbone, it's also associated with a constellation. 
Uh, I believe it's in the Taurus constellation because it's an odd thing for uh, Samson to pick up and use as a weapon. But uh, if it was a astro- astrological constellation and this originally all had to do with astrology, then it makes a lot more sense. And I think both narratives agreed that uh, Samson had killed a thousand men. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. So I think, I think that was a well-known quote and that N is putting that into his context. When he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone and that place was called Ramath Lehi. So that means jawbone, I think. And so N is hitting two birds with one stone here, one explaining the use of the jawbone by Samson and also uh, the explanation for the name of that location, which may have been a, uh, you know, something to do with uh, astrological worship. And so he's shifting that away from that over to, over to a Samson explanation. And that Samson is uh, a servant of Yahweh. By then he was very thirsty and he called on Yahweh saying, you have granted this great victory by the hand of your servant. So again, uh, giving credit to Yahweh for Samson's great strength and, and victories. Am I now to die of thirst? Uh, so this is a first of a, uh, could be suggesting here that the opposing narrative had Samson die multiple times. And that is because of the nature of the sun and how uh, during the winter, a lot of the uh, myths concerning the sun, they had the sun, kind of was it died and then was resurrected after the winter. And so uh, you, have, you have two equinoxes and two uh, solists, summer solists and winter solists, where it could make sense in a story uh, somehow for for Samson to to die for some reason, and so I think this is this is one of those this is one of those times where N is 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 addressing that and spinning that in a different direction where it only seemed like he died or it was only a, a matter of speech, I guess. So uh, Elohim split open the ho- the hollow, ple- hollow place that is at Lehi. So again. Um, shifting that the credit for splitting open that rock I think in the opposing narrative that Samson was the one that split open the rock, open the rock but N's going to have Yahweh do it in his narrative and water came from it when he drank his spirit returned and he revived so kind of suggesting that resurrection uh, by having his spirit returned and uh, how he was revived but, but in N's narrative he didn't die it's just you know he was just thirsty once Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute and went into her. So it went into her. That's a, we don't really pick up on that in English, but that's a went into her, if you know what I mean. Um, so here we have Samson going to a prostitute like a very healthy heterosexual male would do. Not that I can uh, condone banging prostitutes. All right, so I have to mention this article that I came across. Uh, it was, uh, it's the title of it is called uh, "What Was Samson Doing with a Prostitute in Gaza?" <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, it's on uh, the Gospel Coalition website. It is by Miles Van Pelt, who actually seems like a pretty cool guy. He's uh, I've watched some of some videos that he's he was in. Yeah, he seems like a 
a uh, pretty good guy. But uh, this article really highlights the, I think, reading uh, one's theology into, into the text and really not seeing the original intent of N in his narrative. N, uh, as I've discussed, is uh, trying to present Samson as a um, healthy heterosexual male. But Miles Van Pelt makes the case that uh, Samson was spying. He was a spy in the city because he was going. That city was going to be destroyed later, and so say, staying in, with uh, with the prostitute is um, less suspicious because in ancient times, if you're in the the main square there, someone would would uh, ask you to stay with them and then you're, you would be suspicious because staying in a whorehouse and not banging a whore, that's not suspicious. But Miles Van Pelt seems to think that this is a good uh, route uh, to spying. And he, he compares it, uh, you know, fair enough, to Judges 2, I think it is, where uh, the two spies stay in Jericho. Um, and nobody assumes that they had sex with the prostitutes, which... But I'm not really sure that's a good uh, assumption to make. I, you know, uh, again, if you're gonna stay in the whorehouse, uh, things are gonna be awkward if you're not doing things that you typically do in a whorehouse. But again, this really goes back to N and what he is trying to say and his uh, his original intention and in his narrative is that. Uh, Banging prostitutes is a good thing for Samson to do, according to N. He wants he wants people to know that. He wants people to know that he's not gay. So if you want to check out that article, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and po- I'll post that in the show notes there. I'll link to it so you can check that out for yourselves if you'd like. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. So they circled around and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They kept quiet all night thinking, let us wait until the light of morning... Uh, then we will kill him. But Samson lay only until midnight. Then at midnight he rose up. Okay, so I think this has to do again with the whole astrology sun thing. Suns rise, sun rises, typically rise in the morning. So I think this is N's way of saying, oh, he's, he does, he, he's not associated with the sun because he rose at midnight. Uh, took hold of the doors of the city gate and the two posts pulled them up bar and all put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of hebron which is 40 miles away uphill so that's very suspicious uh scenario there uh seems odd that that would uh that's where he would take them. There's no explanation why he would take them there. I think that perhaps Hebron was the original city in the opposing narrative where the gates were taken off of. And and is uh, spinning this in a different direction so that it can uh, be gates from a Philistine town. I also think this has something to do with a uh, constellation. It's one of those stories that uh, just kind of sticks out like... Um, and had to put this story in there uh, because the opposing narrative has it, had it as one of the constellations that uh, Samson moved through. After this, he fell in love with a woman. See, healthy, heterosexual. In the Valley of Sorak, that's a valley I told you about that ran between uh, Dan and uh, the land of uh, Philistines, whose name was Delilah. 
Uh, and Delilah happens to, her name happens to me to mean uh, of the night. So, um, you know, very contrasted against Samson, who means little son. And so we have this uh, astrological symbolism here. And so I think Delilah was in the op- uh, opposing narrative as well, but N is spending that uh, character in a different direction. Uh, I think that Delilah killed Samson, but uh, N is going to shift that blame over to the to the Philistines, and Delilah is really just an accomplice in that. The lords of the lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, "To her, coax him and find out what makes his strength so great and how." We may overpower him so that we may bind him in order to subdue him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what, what makes your strength so great and how you could be bound so that no one, so that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, If you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that are not dried out, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. All right, here's, so here's one of the first, uh, well, according to N, lies. Well, not really lies. I'll, I'll explain that why it's not a lie later. But uh, not all, not the whole truth as N would put it. And so I think this, this, uh, this ties into the, the Samson dying multiple times. I think each one of these things, uh, was able to kill him. And N is just, uh, combining all of those things into one incident, uh, so that it's, it's not, so that Samson's not associated with the death and resurrection of the son. All right, where I don't know if I lost my place here. Uh, I think I think I was here. Then the lords of the Philistines uh, brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not dried out, and she bound him with them, while men were lying in wait in an inner chamber. Okay, so in the inner chamber—that's where sex happens. And so I think in the opposing narrative, uh, Samson was having sex with men in his inner chamber, and so N has to come up with a new explanation for that. And this is, is this is his explanation. He makes the men in his chamber Philistines, uh, you know, waiting waiting to catch him. She said to him, "The Philistines are upon you, Samson." So N's putting full blame on the Philistines. But he snapped the bowstrings as a strain of fiber snaps when it touches the fire, so the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, "You have mocked me and told me lies." Uh, okay, so here's this here's this uh, claim of the opposing narrative that Samson didn't didn't love women. One, he was gay, and two, because he mocked them and, and told them lies. Uh, but but N is spinning that into a whole different context here. Please tell me how you can be bound. He said to her, If you bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. So here's another uh, method of death, death and resurrection of the sun. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with, with them, bound him with them, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. Again, blaming the Philistines. The men lying in wait were in an inner chamber, again explaining the men in Samson's inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies, again explaining why Samson mocked women and uh, told them lies, it's just a big misunderstanding to, according to Anne. Tell me how you could be bound, he said to her, <clears throat> he said to her, if you weave the seven locks on my head, 
Okay, so again, uh, sun deities in the ancient world uh, would sometimes have seven locks, and these locks would represent like the seven rays of the sun. So again, it's another uh, sun tie-in. Tell me how you how you can be bound. He said to her, if you weave my seven locks of my head with the web and make it tight with the pin, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web and made them tight with the pen. Then she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. Again, blaming the Philistines. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away the pen, the loom and the web. Which uh, just occurred to me that could have something to do with the constellation. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? And again, and explaining, Samson loved her. It's just a big misunderstanding. You have mocked me three times now and have told me and not told me what makes your strength so great. Finally, after she nagged him with her words day after day and pestered him, uh, he was tired to death. Okay, so for N, this is just an expression, but in the opposing narrative, I think this this is alluding to the opposing narrative and the whole death and resurrection of the sun. Sun, S-U-N. So he told her his whole secret. Uh, So I think this is, I think that uh, we we assume that it's a shaving in the head that weakened uh, Samson's strength. But if we actually look at the text, I think it's a cumulative effect. I think if she had only, uh, if she had only shaved his head, then he still would have been strong because it, it took those other things she, she had to do all those things in order for him to get lose lose his strength, and that's so that's why she's referring to it as the whole secret. And said to her, "If my head were shaved, then my strength would leave me. I would become weak and be like anyone else." Then Delilah realized that he had told her his whole secret again, the whole secret thing. She sent and called the lords of, of the Philistines, saying, "This time come up, for he has, he has told me his whole secret uh, to me." Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her, brought the money in their hands. She let him fall asleep on her lap. Uh, again, this is speculative. This is, um, there's like a constellation with a sleeping on the lap type of thing. And she called a man and shaved and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. So this is very similar to like the winter solace and the sun's going to go for a while. And then when the hair grows back, the sun comes back. He began to weaken and his strength left him. Then she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. Again, blaming the, the Philistines. When he awoke from his sleep, he thought, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that Yahweh had left him. Again, attributing uh, Samson's strength to Yahweh, not the sun. So the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. And so this is why I think... Um, that Samson one burned things and two he burned them with his, with his eyes. So it makes sense uh, if you could subdue Samson, you're going to want to gouge out those eyes before he burns them with you, burns you with them. All right. So uh, uh, Zimak Yorch, I think is how you say his name from BibleCriticism.com. Uh, he says the eyes symbolize Samson's association with the sun. Yeah, I'm getting too far away from, from the mic here. The eyes symbolize Samson's association with the sun since they are associated with light and obfuscates uh, the second association to the sun, but doesn't take, take it out of the narrative completely.
Uh, and also in the uh, the eye of Ra in ancient mythology, uh, also would spit out fire as well and burn burn its enemies that way. So it has some precedence there as well. Uh, they brought him da- they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. He ground and he ground at the mill in the prison. And that's just um, trivial information that Anne put in there, grounding at the mill at the prison. That's just whatever, just a little bit of extra information. Or is it another sexual euphemism? This one almost got past me. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't catch it until very late in the process. Um, but grinding the mill is a sexual euphemism. It is used in Job and... Um, uh, rabbis recognize this in the Samson story, and they, they think that um, uh, the Philistines brought their, their wives and women to Samson to impregnate them so that they could have strong sons too. Uh, I think that's a ridiculous explanation, but, um, uh, but on top of that, I think that grinding the mill refers to... Um, uh, having sex with a man because you're dealing with seed there and uh, men are the ones that uh, put out the seed, the seed, so to speak. And so I think uh, in the opposing narrative, it used that sexual uh, euphemism that uh, Samson was grinding the mill, uh, which refers to homosexual sex. And so Anne is spinning that into a literal sense, just like uh, he did with the sexual euphemisms in the uh, Deborah Barak Jael cycle. But the hair of his head began to grow, uh, grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to their god, uh, Dagon. So I think this may be a... Uh, Conservative ends that the Israelites were worshiping worshiping Dagon, and so he's associating it with the Philistines in order to break that association, because he only wants Yahweh to be worshipped and to rejoice. And for they said, "Excuse me, our God, Philistines' God, again putting Dagon into the Philistine world, not not the Israelite world, has given Samson our our enemy into our hand." Uh, and so Anne, Anne is very concerned about making Samson an enemy of the uh, Samson, uh, the Philistines because he that's the enemy of the Israelites. When the people saw him, they praised their God. Again, their, their God is Dagon. For they said, our God, again, uh, has given our enemy, Samson's Philistines enemy, very good for Anne's propaganda, into our hand, the ravenger of our country, who has killed many of us. So all those deaths in the opposing original opposing narrative, uh, and is sure to make those Philistines. And when their hearts were merry, they said, "Call Samson and let him entertain us." So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. They made him stand between the pillars. Uh, again, another sexual euphemism. Uh, in Song of uh, Solomon, pillars are uh, used to describe the male uh, legs. And so I think that standing between the pillars uh, was uh, a euphemism for homosexual uh, anal sex. But N is, again, going to spin that euphemism into a literal sense. He was literally standing in between uh, two pillars that were in the, were, were in the uh, house, in the building there. 
And Samson said to the attendant who held him by the hand. So a little more speculative, but here you have a, uh, uh, I, I don't know if in the Hebrew it, it refers to, makes this a, a masculine uh, male attendant, but I would assume that's what it would be. And so this could have been a, uh, you know, Samson hold, holding the hand of a man and then Ennis is re-explaining that into this different context. Let me feel the, feel the pillars on which the house rests so that I may lean against them. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left on the other. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He strained with all his might, and the house uh, fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So those he killed at his death were more than those he killed during his life. Uh, so this may be associated with the the sun thing. A lot of a lot of death uh, occurs in nature uh, when the sun uh, go, goes further away for winter. So this may be and kind of trying to re-explain that saying. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol and the tomb of his father Manoah. So his Father Manoah is a human because he died and he's in a tomb, so he was mortal. He was not the sun deity. Okay. Whew. That's it for uh that's it for the Samson cycle. That was a long one. Uh what are we at here? That was like an hour or something. Um Yeah, I hope you like that one. Uh, again, a little more on the speculative side. Actually, if you go to my blog post, it breaks it down into more detail. I put some citations in there. So I, I know just talking about it, it sounds more speculative than what it is, uh, I think. But if you read the blog post, um, which we'll have a link in the show notes to that, uh, you can kind of check out, check, check how I broke it down with uh, the argumentation and the uh, background information and everything. So I'm just, I'm not just making up this uh, crazy stuff. Uh, if you have any questions, questions, let me know. Uh, I will uh, try to answer that or maybe I'll do a Q&A episode. If uh, you like my stuff, please share it. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you can uh, would be really great. If you uh, also could leave me a five-star review on iTunes, I would super appreciate that. And if you want me to do uh, more mirror reading more often, be sure to go to my website, mirrorreading.com and go to the support page. I have Patreon and PayPal. You can uh, pick a way to support, my, support me financially if you'd like. All right, uh, next up we have a Samuel cycle, very short cycle. Um, I think it's a little bit longer than the Jephthah cycle, but still pretty short. And then we'll be in the home stretch with the saw cycle. So hope you enjoyed today. Have a good day. I will talk to you later.